Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey. And I'm Katie. And today we are discussing everyone's favorite tower couple. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a lie. I hadn't planned out what I was gonna say. I mean they I, I would agree that they're a power couple though. Like they are highly influential. Yeah. They're like the the evil first family. Yeah. I bet you their wedding was, like, the event of, like, the decade, you know? Yeah. I bet you their wedding was, like, the place to be. Yeah, wow. They probably had a crazy wedding. Yeah, like, insane. Um, okay, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy. Um, yeah. Yeah, what a, what a pair. What a totally functional pair we got going on here. Um, the patron of the episode is Candela. Thank you so much for your support. I, like, I know I feel like we say this every time, but like it means so much to us and like means more than you could ever know. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thanks, Candela. And we don't have any announcements, really. No. Um... Stay tuned for a date in the future for the Deathly Hallows Part Two watch along. Yeah, we pushed Discord again. Yeah, we pushed the date that that episode is coming out back a little bit, um, but we will try and give you as much um, like advance notice about what date we're going to do the watch along as possible. Yeah. Cool. Let's get into it. All right. So first, we're going to start with Lucius Malfoy's fact file. So starting with his etymology, it looks like the name Lucius um, was used, was was a name from, it looks like the name Lucius was the name of a Roman dictator, Lucius Cornelius Sulla, who was um, executed by his rivals, or it could also be a reference to the Roman emperor, Lucius Domitus Ahinobarbus, <laughs> also known as Nero. Uh, um, so Lucius is a name that derives from the Latin meaning bright or intelligent and is related to the name Lucifer, which could also is also like a name of Satan or like the devil. Um, so there could be like a couple different places, but it looks like it was like fairly common, at least during like Roman Greek times, because mm-hmm. two like people... An emperor and a dictator both had the name Lucius, so. Yeah. Very powerful, very ominous, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then Malfoy is derived from the French Malfoy, M-A-L space F-O-I, meaning bad faith or unfaithful. Um, it's also a first name of a character in the Shakespeare play Julius Caesar, um, Lucius was a servant to Brutus, who was the leader of the like can, the plot to like kill Caesar. Lucius is the first name. Yeah, Lucius. Yeah. I don't know why it jumped back to Lucius and not <laughs> continued with Malfoy, but Lucius was the first name of a servant of Brutus in cool. the Shakespeare's play Julius Caesar. A lot of history there. Yeah. Um, so Mostly bad. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, his name is literally Bad Faith, so. Yeah. Starting with the der- uh, like a variation of the word devil. Like yes. a word for devil. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his birthday, we just know, is sometime between September 9th, 1953 and September 8th, 1954. Because there's an interview in the Daily Prophet in Order of the Phoenix where he's referred to as like uh, 41 I think and that's we know the like week or day that that interview came out so if you work backwards um, he was born like in between either in 19, late, later 1953 or the beginning months of 1954 um, which makes him like, 45, the Battle of Hogwarts, um, which I guess is, like, kind of right. I guess I always thought of him as older. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes him, like, on the, because he was at Hogwarts at the same time as the Marauders. He was just older than them. I just think of him, when we say, like, he was older than the Marauders, I think of him as being, like, he he was like more the weasley's age but like he wasn't yeah because i think he was like he was prefect while snape was at school i don't know what year snape was when he was prefect yeah i'm sure that's something we could figure out but i'm pretty sure like malfoy was snape's prefect at some point i think they might have only overlapped one year um because i think the marauders were born in like 59 or 60 yeah yeah if i'm remembering correctly Speaking of Malfoy being prefect, he was prefect of Slytherin House. Um, obviously, he was a Slytherin. Like, don't have much to say about that. <laughs> yeah, there's not really much to elaborate there. <laughs> yeah, it's it uh, fairly obvious. Pretty obvious. <laughs> so, um, his family obviously family. He is the father to Draco, husband to Narcissa Malfoy, formerly black. Grandfather um, to Scorpius. Grandfather to Scorpius. <laughs> um, so tied to a bunch of other of the pure blood families, um, like the black family through his wife, the Lestrange family, the Weasleys and the Pruitts even. Just all of those names that we're very familiar with. But we do have a writing on the Malfoy family um, on wizardingworld.com. And I thought I would just read, like, the first paragraph from it. Just because I feel like it gives an idea of, like, the reputation of the whole family, which we kind of know. But the Malfoy name comes from the old French and translates as bad faith, which Katie told us. Like many other progenitors of noble English families, the wizard Armand Malfoy arrived in Britain with the, with William the Conqueror as part of the invading Norman army, having rendered unknown, sh- having rendered unknown shady and almost certainly magical services to King William the First. Malfoy was given a prime piece of land in Wiltshire, seized from local landowners, upon which his descendants have lived for ten consecutive centuries. So this is, of course, where Malfoy Manor is, resides. Um, Lucius, specifically, is the son of a Braxis Malfoy, 
who was allegedly involved in the shady plot that removed the first muggle-born prime minister, or minister for magic. All prime ministers would be muggle-born. <laughs> um, we don't know who his mother is, naturally. We almost never do. Um, but he also has an ancestor by the name of Lucius Malfoy, so he is not the first Lucius Malfoy. Probably not the last. Yeah, um, well, I don't know, do you think Scorpius, Scorpius, I don't think would ever name anybody after Lucius. Yeah, well, do you think that, well, I guess we don't know if Malfoy had siblings. Yeah, Lucius Malfoy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't know, I guess I kind of assumed he had siblings. Yeah, just seems weird that we never, like, like, I feel like they would have also been Death Eaters, you know? Yeah, so maybe, maybe that's the end of it. Yeah. I could see, like, a Malfoy, like, years down the line, though, like. Yeah, like, discovering the family heritage and being like, yes, (laughs) this is where I belong. Yeah, exactly. It always Uh, comes back around. Yeah. Um, So we do know his wand just because of that scene in Deathly Hallows where Voldemort takes it to use it uh, like he asked Lucius like what wand wood is in like what is the core so it's elm and dragon heartstring so I'll read the elm writing um, the unfounded belief that only purebloods can produce magic from elm, wa- elm wands was undoubtedly started by some elm wand owner seeking to prove his own blood credentials for i have known perfect matches of elm wands who are muggle-borns the truth is that elm wands prefer owners with presence magical dexterity and a certain native dignity of all wandwoods elm in my experience produces the fewest accidents and least foolish errors and the most elegant charms and spells these are sophisticated wands capable of highly advanced magic in the right hands which again makes it highly desirable to those who espouse the pureblood philosophy mm-hmm. so Sounds pretty good for Mr. Lucius Malfoy. It is the same. Sounds like it was written for him. (laughs) Yeah, almost like it probably was. But also in a way that like if anybody else got it, it'd be like, oh, it's like it produces like beautiful magic, you know? (laughs) Do we ever see Lucius do beautiful magic? We like rarely see Lucius do magic, I feel like. I feel like when he does, he's like attacking someone. Yeah, yeah. One of the only times I know that we saw him do magic was in the de- Battle of the Department of Mysteries. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Because him and Arthur, like, fist fight. The, when they torture the muggle-born, the muggles. At... Yeah, but I, I don't think we know which one, like, is technically him, do yeah. we? We just, like, assume he's one of them. Yeah. And so, for his titles and occupations, he was a Hogwarts governor... Um, until 1993. We don't know when he took on that position. Um, I feel like it... I don't know. I guess I always kind of assumed he took it on when Draco started, but I don't know that that's true, and now I'm thinking, and I think he's, like, in um, Hogwarts mystery as a governor so maybe this is like a position he's had just as an influential person for a while um I don't really understand the whole governors of a school thing I think it's just like a way for like the rich people to 
have their influence. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he has really weird and strong ties to the ministry, but no official title that we know of. Um, he's just kind of, like, always there and around and, like, influencing people. Because he's got that cash money. Because he's got that money. So it sounds like he, like, he doesn't have a title. He doesn't get paid to work there. He just, like, donates and, quote-unquote, donates and, a.k.a. bribes and uses his money to give himself, um, influence, which, honestly, power to him. If you've got it, use it. Yeah. I don't actually believe that, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, it depends on how you use it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe that in his context. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, his main occupation, um, (laughs) the way he really makes his living, spends his days, is that he is a Death Eater in the service of Lord Voldemort. But he uh, will deny that if you ask, depending on who's asking. He's either the most loyal servant or... He was forced into it. I don't know her. Who's Voldemort? I don't know her. Um, Paula who? <laughs> never heard of her. Okay. So his first mention comes in Chamber of Secrets. It is while Harry is hiding in the vanishing cabinet in Borgen Burks when he accidentally ends up there during, like, after he uses flu powder. And it is as follows harry quickly looked quickly around and spotted a large black cabinet to his left he shot inside and pulled the doors to leaving a small crack to peer through seconds later a bell clanged and malfoy stepped into the shop the man who followed could only be his father he had the same pale eyes pointed face identical cold gray eyes Mr. Malfoy crossed the shop, looking lazily at the items on display, and rang a bell on the counter before turning to his son and saying, Touch nothing, Draco. So we don't really get much from that first mention, except for that he looks exactly like his son. Um, I wonder if the fact that he has like that really long hair is ever mentioned in the books, or if that was just like a choice, the like creative team behind chamber of secrets made um if that is the case i appreciate that decision because i love lucius's hair wait that's crazy i never realized it wasn't well it's not in the first mention at least like which i feel like if it like i don't know maybe it's mentioned later i don't know i feel like he's gotta be in like one of the like um chapter drawings no Mm. and maybe it's in there in that yeah i've like just never seen a depiction of him without without the long hair yeah um but that would be a very good creative choice it just like i feel like that's like that is lucius you know like yeah Yeah. it is so like iconic yeah (laughs) honestly let me see if i look up like the description of his appearance on the wiki and see like what that's attributed to yeah well i have the um MuggleNet character compendium open and his appearance is described as pale pointed face cold gray eyes and blonde hair so yeah that's what it is um that's like that, from the first mention that's straight yeah. from the first mention yeah um but I, I don't see like anything about like, his long hair 
That's wild. <laughs> I wonder if it's like mentioned in passing one time that like his hair stuck out from like something or like his hair was like tied back. Yeah. You know, just kind of like in passing like that. Or if it was literally just. Because I mean, Chamber of Secrets came out like quite early on so i could see it like completely influencing how everybody sees lucius malfoy you know and like not seeing any depictions without long hair if that is in fact the reason why we picture him with long hair you know yeah yeah the movie came out so early yeah yeah that's a good point hmm interesting wow way to pick up on that I know, because, like, when I was thinking about the first mention, like, that's what I was expecting, like, mention of his hair. Yeah. And so when it wasn't there, I was like, what? <laughs> but. So Lucius's personality type is ENTJ, the commander. Um, so this is the same as Voldemort. And also, people might hate me for this, um, <laughs> James, which I think is kind of interesting. And I think maybe we could see them as, like, the two sides of the same personality type. But that's interesting to think about how, like, if James were to have lived and raised Harry, how um, that would have, like, affected Draco and Harry, respectively. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about, like, Lucius Malfoy, like, using his influence for good. Like, that's close to what James did. You know, like, James was also very influential, very wealthy. Yeah. And, like, I don't think he, like, threw his money around quite quite like Malfoy did. But, you yeah. know, like, he knew that he didn't have to work, so he just, like, started working for the Order, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of very similar to, like, Lucius, and, like, he knew he didn't have to work, so he just became a Death Eater. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, this is the commander personality type. I don't know if I said that, but commanders are natural-born leaders. Um, People with this personality type embody the gifts of charisma and confidence and project authority in a way that draws crowds together behind a common goal. However, commanders are also characterized by an often ruthless level of rationality, using their drive, determination, and sharp minds to achieve whatever end they've set for themselves. Perhaps it is best that they make up only 3% of the population, lest they overwhelm the more timid and sensitive personality types that make up much of the rest of the world. But we have commanders to thank for many of the businesses and institutions we take for granted every day. Um... I mean, charisma and confidence, like, I feel like that's how he kind of keeps his position, despite um, his ties to Voldemort and blood supremacy, Um, and he just, like, kind of oozes this, I mean, like, we don't see him as charismatic, but I can see him definitely, like, schmoozing people, Um, and he oozes this confidence, like, he walks around like he owns the place because, I mean, he basically does, like... He's got loads and loads of rich white male privilege. Um, And he does project this authority. Um, And then they also mentions, like, him uh, having a ruthless level of rationality and using drive and determination and sharp minds. And I feel like 
we don't always see these characteristics coming through in him, but I totally would buy it. I mean, I think we don't see, like, the way he operates super well up close. Um, but, yeah, I think he's probably, like, a pretty, pretty smart dude. At the negotiating table, be it in a corporate environment or buying a car, commanders are dominant, relentless, and unforgiving. This isn't because they are cold-hearted or vicious per se. It's more that commander personalities genuinely enjoy the challenge, the battle of wits, the repartee that comes from this environment. And if the other side can't keep up, that's no reason for commanders to hold on their own core tenant of ultimate victory. Um, to fold on their own core tenant of ultimate victory. So, it says that they're not cold-hearted cold-hearted or vicious per se but I think we can definitely uh, say that he is cold-hearted and vicious yeah um, there and then it also describes him as dominant relentless and unforgiving um, these all seem to be ringing true to me um, and just that like he won't stop at anything to get what he wants and I think a good example of this um is like the Buckbeak situation. Like, mm-hmm. that has, like, because I feel like we often talk about him in the context of, like, Voldemort and Death Eaters and the War, which makes sense. Um, that's, like, his major contribution to the plot. But um, the Buckbeak situation is, like, him using all of his influence, all of his, like, cunningness um, to, like, get what he wants, basically. Um, yeah. And it's pretty cold-hearted and vicious. <laughs> Commander personalities have a particular skill in recognizing the talents of others, and this helps in both their team-building efforts, since no one, no matter how brilliant, can do everything alone, and to keep commanders from displaying too much arrogance and condescension. However, they also have a particular skill in calling out others' failures with a chilling degree of insensitivity, and this is where commanders really start to run into trouble. Um, arrogance and condescension I mean these are things that are keep coming up um, and then the chilling degree of insensitivity just like about calling out people's failures that made me think of Draco and how like I feel like we see him experiencing the effects of wanting to succeed and I think we know where that pressure is coming from and it comes from like his father and the reputation that his father expects him to uphold so I do think that like a lot of Draco's behaviors um come from like feeling that crushing pressure and like feeling that he's always going to disappoint his father um who like he does idolize in a way um, yeah, like most young kids do, idolize their fathers regardless of maybe who their father is. Yeah, I mean, like look at Harry and his father father's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like another comparison of Lucius and James. Like, mm-hmm. I get that they're like obviously very different because Lucius lived to parent his child, mm-hmm. but they both Draco and Harry. I feel like had that like classic quote-unquote like father son like I want to be just like my dad Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. relationship definitely 
Emotional expression isn't the strong suit of an any analyst type, but commanders' distance from their emotions is especially public and felt directly by a much broader swath of people. Especially in a professional environment, commanders will simply crush the sensitivities of those they view as inefficient, incompetent, or lazy. To people with the commander personality type, emotional displays are displays of weakness. Um, yeah, getting to him as a father, I think it's pretty safe to say he was not a warm father. Um, we never really see him showing any sort of emotion or... Um, warmth or love towards Draco um and then the the viewing people as inefficient incompetent or lazy um who are just more sensitive I feel like that probably like in addition to the Weasleys being quote-unquote blood traitors I think he probably sees them as like incompetent wizards um because they're like not ruthless and rich (laughs) yeah um for strengths, we have efficient, energetic, self-confident, strong-willed, strategic thinkers, charismatic, and inspiring. For weaknesses, we have stubborn and dominant, intolerant, impatient, arrogant, poor handling of emotions, and cold and ruthless. I like those. I like both the strengths and weaknesses, really. Yeah, I think that they, I think they fit pretty well. Yeah. Alright, so next we're going to do the facts file on Narcissa, and then at the end of this, like after Narcissa's personality type, we'll talk about like them as parents and them as Death Eaters combined. So Narcissa's name is Narcissa Malfoy, but her maiden name was Black, as I'm sure most, I think we alluded to this earlier, even like said it earlier, Um, and she's her sister calls her sissy which is so funny to me because i always listen to the audiobooks mm. and so for the longest time like i thought she was just like calling her like sissy like sister <laughs> and then one time i saw it and it was like with the c and i was like ah i see i see <laughs> um so some etymology for her name the name narcissa is derived from narcissus who was a character in Greek mythology and like he was obsessed with himself. I think he was actually like cursed to be obsessed with himself. Yeah. By like a scorned woman, I'm pretty sure. I think it was by a nymph. Yeah. Um, who like he just like was obsessed with his own reflection and like nobody could ever be as beautiful as he was, like to himself. Mm-hmm. It's where the term like narcissism um originates from and it, like g- generally refers to like vanity and elitism um the name can also be derived from the flower by the same name which is also like a, known as a daffodil um the name of the plant the name of like the flower may also be derived from the greek narcoa to numb referring to the narcotic properties that it has um, there's also a Slytherin connection to Narcissus's name due to its association with the Narcisse, Narcisse snake pit. <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but sure. Um, and then we already talked about Malfoy and that last name and kind of the etymology of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll just point out, like, Narcissa isn't a constellation or a star like the rest of the Black family, or a lot of the rest of the Black family, which I think is interesting, but obviously still very tied to, like, Greek mythology, where a lot of those, um, 
star names come from. Yeah. Um, okay, and so her birthday apparently is sometime in 1955. Um, the source on this is just some interview that the author gave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, like, it makes sense. It's safe to assume that she's, like, a year or two younger than Lucius. Um, when I originally read this on the wiki, the wiki, I read it as 1965, and I was so confused. I was like, she's 12 years younger than... <laughs> but it's 1955, um, which makes her, yeah, like, maybe two years behind Lucius in school, and... Um, she has, like, a little bit more of an overlap with the Marauder generation. Yeah. It's weird that we don't, like, I guess we don't know a whole lot about Lucius at school either. But, like, it's weird that, like, if she was there for more, like, longer with the Marauders, that, like, she's not, like, mentioned, you know? Mm-hmm. It seems like a easy, like, little Easter egg thing to just drop you know, like, oh, and there goes Narcissa. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I do think it's mentioned that, like, Lucius and Narcissa start dating quite, like, quickly out of Hogwarts, um, slash, I, but I don't think it says anything about, like, them dating well at Hogwarts together. Mm. Um, which just got me thinking, like, I feel like if, you're dating somebody at Hogwarts who's, like, a year older than you, or if, like, you're, you're, like, or if you're the older one and you're dating somebody who's, like, a year younger. I don't know if I just repeated myself or not. But if there's, like, an age gap between the two people that are dating and it leads to, like, one person being at Hogwarts while the other one's not, I feel like that would suck. Yeah. Because, like, I don't, Hogwarts doesn't have, like, visiting weekends. Like, I guess you could, like, <laughs> coordinate, like, Hogsmeade weekends. That, like, you could both, like, you could see each other yeah. then. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just feel like it would be hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for family, um, she was the youngest daughter of Cygnus and Druella Black. Um, Druella Black, her mom, was born, is a, a rosier, so another one of those, um, famous names we hear um bellatrix is the oldest of the daughters and their middle sister is andromeda um who we know as andromeda tonks um all three of the sisters attended hogwarts i think like kind of within the same age range and um all were in slytherin and then she also um is cousin to sirius so I think, like, she's, yeah, she's still a little older than Sirius because she's older than the Marauders, um, but she is younger than Bellatrix and Andromeda, and I think it makes a lot of sense that she is younger than Bellatrix as far as their relationship. Obviously, we don't see her interact with Andromeda, but I think I always kind of, in my head, assume that Andromeda is the youngest, um, but nope, Andromeda is the middle child. Yeah, because middle children are the best. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Say that to Ginny. Who would who who's the middle child for the Weasleys? I guess it's Fred and George. Bill, yeah. Ginny, Ron, Charlie, Percy, <laughs> one of the twins. 
Oh, the twin. So yeah. it's the older twin. Is it's the, the older child. twin is the middle okay, child. That's fair. Do we know who's older? Is that information that we know? I feel like if that's not information that we know, then J.K. Rowling does not know anything about twins because I like feel like twins are always very insistent and vocal about yeah. like who is the older one. Yeah. I don't know. My guess is that it's Fred. I feel like Fred's the older one. Oh, yeah, because they always go Fred and George. Yeah. And Fred's, like, the louder one. Yeah. But I guess George is, like, I was always kind of the more like responsible more one. Mature. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, like, if it's by minutes, maybe, like, birth order doesn't really matter a whole <laughs> lot with twins. <laughs> birth order <That's> theories. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, um, we don't know what her wand is, like what her wand would or what her core is, but we do know that she gave it to Draco for the Battle of Hogwarts, which I feel like is something that's pointed to a lot. Like when they talk about Narcissa as a mother, they're like, she gave up her wand, like for her son. But like, I don't understand why this is helpful. Clearly, somebody else gave her another wand. Like, she didn't just waltz up to the Battle of Hogwarts, no wand. Yeah, I was going to say, she either got another wand or she just, like, didn't participate in the battle. She just, like, hung back but then in the why forest did she the go? entire time. To be with her son. No. I guess, like, she goes to Hogwarts. Like, she goes to try and find him later. Like, once the, like, second, like, part two of the Battle of Hogwarts happens, right? Yeah, but you have to... Oh, Yeah. Oh, you're saying you could argue that she goes because she knows the battle is happening at Hogwarts and she knows Draco's there. Yeah. She's, like, worried about him. Yeah. I just, like, there's no way, in my head, there's no way that they didn't just, like, find her another wand and, like, why wouldn't they just do that for Draco? Because, like, it's better for at least one of the two of them to have the wand that works best for them. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not convinced. It's not going to work well for... It's not going to work well for Draco. And yeah. then the wand she gets isn't going to work well for her. But if they just gave the random wand to Draco, she would at least get to keep her wand that works. Yeah, I guess I'm not convinced that she got another wand then. Like, I just... Like, where would... Like, I I don't think that she got another wand. It just doesn't make sense to me that there's such a short supply of wands for the Death Eaters. It's like, you literally the ministry right now all they're doing is just like taking wands from muggleborn true you're every time you kill someone why wouldn't you take their wand i don't know like it's like weapons yeah but also like the inverse of that is like why would like why would i take the wand if it's not going to work that great for me anyways you know and like i have my own wand just in case I guess. I guess I in case don't your son gets his wand ripped out of his hand. <laughs> and thus loses power of the Elder Wand and thus loses the war for Voldemort. <laughs> Man, that's If Draco had grown up with siblings, he might have stood a better chance. But since he was an Gosh. only child. There you Ooh, go. Um, People say like Narcissa was key in the 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 war getting won by the good side. Well, I think she was, but the reason is because she didn't give Draco siblings. She didn't give Draco siblings. Thus, he could he not didn't fight know how with to his wrestle. hands. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know how to wrestle. <laughs> Thus, Harry takes the power of the Elder Wand. The yeah. legions of the Elder Wand. I think that, I also think that 
Draco or Draco not having Emily any siblings lends credence to the theory that like Lucius didn't have any siblings. You know, like I could see them being like, our firstborn is a male. Awesome. We don't need any more than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then Draco only has one kid too that's a boy. What's up with those Malfoys? I know. But it is, I mean, I might bring this up again later but like it is i guess in cursed child or at least in the wiki it said that like lucius and narcissa were like really trying to pressure them to have children like draco and astoria because like i think astoria didn't want to have a child Mm. to begin with because she was Mm. worried about like passing on her quote-unquote affliction to the child um and i like it i think it was I assume it was alluded to in Cursed Child by Draco that, like, his parents kind of, like, pressured them to have children. To carry To, like, on continue that, on the, like, Malfoy, Malfoy name. Yeah. Which also lends credence to the theory that yeah. there are no other Malfoys. Yeah. I think, now, the more I think about it, I think you're probably right about that. There's just no way that we wouldn't have heard about them. Yeah. They would have at least been like, oh, the other Malfoys are Death Eaters in this circle as well. Like, I think there's no other Malfoys that are, like, closely related. I think there could be some that are, like, back in France, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or even, like, um, in Eastern Europe, because they, like, talk about sending Draco to, like, Durmstrang. So I could see, like, maybe... Mm. like some in past generations they've like sent kids there and they like stay over there you yeah know? that makes sense um also okay last thing for the fact file is i have titles and occupations <laughs> um mother uh <laughs> be yeah. the mother's an occupation yeah uh mother um death eater question mark <laughs> pseudo death eater um she is the what is the word for it like the the lady of malfoy manor yeah i mean like i mean i guess i don't know maybe dobby or like house elves do anything but like generally if like you have a manor like that there's like actually like work that goes along to like upkeep yeah but i don't think she does it yeah, but she might be, like, like walking around, like, telling like, people um, what to do. <laughs> what's her name in Downton Abbey? The mom or the yeah. grandma? The mom. Cornelia? No. Is that her name? No, I'm I know that. Well, their last name's Crawley, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know the mom's name. I know the kid's name, so. I'm looking it up. Okay. Cora. Cora. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so Narcissa's first mention comes in Goblet of Fire. Um, the first time we see her is when Harry and Co. are like up in the top box and Mr. Malfoy comes and Draco and Narcissa is with them. And it is as follows. Um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione turn quickly, edging along the second row to three still empty seats right behind Mr. Weasley. Oh, hold on. 
Harry, Ron, and Hermione turned quickly, edging along the second row to the three still empty seats behind Mr. Weasley were none other than Dobby, the house elf, house elf's old owner is Lucius Malfoy, his son Draco, and a woman Harry supposed must be Draco's mother. Okay, that was all one sentence. Wait, that why did they have to include difficult. Dobby, the house elf's old owners? Why couldn't they just be like... Because they're talking... Because they, I think they were just talking about Dobby. Oh, with Winky? With Winky, yeah. Okay. Um, Harry and Draco Malfoy had been enemies ever since their first journey to Hogwarts. A pale boy with a pointed face and white blonde hair. Draco greatly resembled his father. His mother was blonde, too, tall and slim. She would have been nice looking if she hadn't been wearing a look that suggested there was a nasty smell under her nose. <laughs> um, I just think it's so interesting that... Narcissa is blonde when, like, oh. everyone else in the black family. Ha- I bet you she we, dyes her hair. We think of as, like, dark feature, you know, like Bellatrix yeah. and Sirius. And I think even, like, what we know of what Regulus looked like and, like, the portraits of the parents and everything, like, has, like, very dark hair, um, dark features, like that. And then, like, Narcissa happened to be blonde and then like she's oh of course child. she's the blonde one so she marries the Malfoy. <laughs> like, do we know that she had blonde hair growing up do you think is that she, something like from portraits changed it because i could very well see her dyeing her hair like when she like starts she set her sights like, on to Lucius become a Malfoy. and she was like, yeah. I'm going to dye my hair. It's yeah. probably really easy to dye your hair like with a wand. Yeah. So. I can either see that or I bet you she's like the love nope. child. But like genetics, somebody like else. Draco has blonde hair. True. I bet you they all dye their hair. <laughs> I went at it. Draco came out with like dark hair and Lucius was like, like unacceptable. <laughs> it's like our trademark. We cannot This is how people know us. Yeah, well Scorpius has blonde hair and I don't think Astoria has blonde hair. Yeah. It's just like funny, like I don't know. It's funny how like hair color seems to be such a defining feature of like these families and these characters, like the Weasleys all have red hair, like, duh. Yeah. Everybody knows that, you know? And then, like, Harry's hair is exactly like his father's. And then, like, of course, Lily has red hair. Like, that's the first thing we know about Lily is, like, she has red yeah. hair. Like, That is interesting. Hair is, like, always very prominent in descriptions. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. There's also a lot of talk about, like, Hagrid's hair throughout the series. Yes. I don't know. I just thought Hermione's hair. Hermione's hair is Hermione's hair is always like Yeah. It's very much a defining feature. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe she just like has a thing with hair. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, hair is like a very it's like generally a very defining feature, like for people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. When people ask me to describe how someone looks, I'm like hair is always I so easy. I can't describe like, I can't de- I don't know how to describe face shapes and Honestly, face structures. Honestly, I've stressed about having to do like a police sketch. Yes. I and, like, know what I to don't, say. 
I would know. I'd be like, I, like uh, they had brown hair. Yeah, I don't know how to describe like, people. I can guess at all. I could describe like hair, race, height, like I'm build. Not even, I'm even, bad I can describe at height. like build, but like face structures. Yeah. I like unless I they have a very prominent I, nose. Like yeah, like in, or unless like their jaw bones are like popping, <laughs> you know. Like, I just, and, like, eye color is something I never pay attention to. Like, I would never notice somebody's eye color. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Hair is very easy in general. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, Narcissa's Myers-Briggs personality type. I put ISFJ question mark. (laughs) We know Um, so little about her. And I feel like what we know about her is in relation to Draco. Yeah. It's not even, like, her own personality. Yeah, so just to, like, get it out there on the table, the, like, two things we, like, mainly know about and talk about with her is, like, she loved Draco so much that she went to Snape to ask him to, like, finish the job of killing Dumbledore and also, she loved Draco so much that she lied to Voldemort about Harry being, Harry being dead. Yeah. Like, that's, that's basically all we know. Um, so, ISFJ is my personality type, and it's the personality type of Neville, Cho, Wormtail, and Petunia. That's a wide range of people. Yeah. It's a very common personality type. Mm. Um... I don't know how well I feel about this match, but I was really struggling with this. <laughs> so, the Defender personality type is quite unique, as many of their qualities defy the definition of their individual traits. Though sensitive, they have excellent analytical abilities. Though reserved, they have well-developed people skills and robust social relationships. And though they are generally a conservative type, Defenders are often receptive to change and new ideas. As with so many things, people with the Defender personality type are more than the sum of their parts, and it is the way that they use these strengths that defines who they are. Um, And I think, like, the core definition of this personality type is, like, I don't know, like, there's a lot of layers, multifaceted, like, not necessarily being exactly as they, like, seem. And so, I guess, like, maybe in their, like, deeper not being exactly how they seem in their, like, deeper, like, beliefs, and I don't know. Um, and so I guess, like, we can kind of assume that with Narcissa, um, we're always kind of, like, the, the discourse around her is often that, like, she is layered and she's more complicated, even though we, like, don't get the chance to actually see that in the series. Um, and I would say that, like, we could potentially make some some arguments um that like that the um sentence about being receptive to change in new ideas even though they're like generally conservative um I don't know if you like go further in buying like her the way she like quote-unquote betrayed the Voldemort and his cause like um she was potentially not potentially receptive to um not blood supremacy (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah but i don't know how far i want to want to go with that i think it just shows that like that cause was not the most important to her not that she was like against that cause yeah i'm always very skeptical like about narcissa like we know we've talked about like 
Draco Redemption art. Mm-hmm. But, like, Narcissa, I'm also very skeptical as of because, like, in Cursed Child, it's talked about that, like, they didn't like Astoria because of her more, like, not supremacist mm-hmm. views on things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally talked about in Cursed Child. So I don't know how much Narcissa and Lucius change. And I feel like that's almost a way to, like, back up the Draco redemption arc is that like he did it in spite of his parents not changing Ooh. you know I feel like it's almost used for that purpose to like be like see Draco did change you know yeah a challenge for defenders is ensuring that what they do is noticed they have a tendency to underplay their accomplishments and while their kindness is often respected, more cynical and selfish people are likely to take advantage of Defenders' dedication and humbleness by pushing work onto them and then taking the credit. Defenders need to know when to say no and stand up for themselves if they are to maintain their confidence and enthusiasm. Um, I think that this description fits well with her because I feel like we can kind of assume Bellatrix and Lucius being, like, more dominant and, um, controlling personalities, taking advantage of her, um, and we don't, I will get into talking about her role as a Death Eater later, where I will make the argument that she basically is a Death Eater, but we don't know how, she was certainly complicit, but we don't know how, like, um, how much she wanted all of this to be occurring, like, in her house and whatnot, um, and I think, like, it's very clear that she lets, like, she lets, um, whatever, like, Voldemort and her sister and her husband want to happen, happen. Like, she doesn't stand up and change that, and, like, she's probably one of the people dealing with the most consequences of, like, having Malfoy Manor be Death Eater headquarters. Um, and I think that, like, I think that we can just probably extrapolate that and seeing, like, people like Lucius and Bellatrix, like, very much, like, taking advantage of, um, Narcissa potentially being more, like, sensitive and subdued. Um, naturally social and odd quality for introverts, defenders utilize excellent memories not to retain data and trivia, but to remember people and details about their lives. When it comes to gift-giving, defenders have no equal using their imagination and natural sensitivity to express their generosity in ways that touch the hearts of their recipients. While this is certainly true of their co-workers, whom people with the Defender personality type often consider their personal friends, it is in family that their expressions of affection fully bloom. Um, we never really get to see her like express real affection for Draco, um, but I think that, like, one thing you can't deny about Narcissa is that she does love her son. Um, how she shows that or how she raises him is a different question. But, like, she does have this strong importance of family. And I think, like, she does love her sister. She, whatever is going on in her relationship with her husband, maybe she loves him. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, the idea that, like, family is most important to her, um, I can get on board with, because in the end, like, that, I don't think, like, you know, she's, she's not doing any of the things she does to, like, quote-unquote subvert Voldemort in the name of the good side of the war. She's doing it in the name of, um, protecting her son, most importantly. Yeah. 
Defender personalities are a wonderful group, rarely sitting idle while a worthy cause remains unfinished. Their ability to connect with others on an intimate level is unrivaled among introverts and the joy they experience in using those connections to maintain a supportive, happy family is a gift for everyone involved. They may never be truly comfortable in the spotlight and may feel guilty taking due credit for team efforts, but if they can ensure that their efforts are recognized, defenders are likely to feel a level of satisfaction in what they do that many other personality types can only dream of. Um, I don't know that she feels satisfaction (laughs) in what she does. Um, The supportive happy family line kind of makes me chuckle. Um, But I think this is just similar to what I was saying before. Um, Clearly, we don't see her finding her worthy cause, but um, maybe, you know, maybe she gets that in the future. (laughs) Um, For strengths, we have supportive, reliable, and patient, imaginative, and observant, enthusiastic, loyal, and hardworking, and good practical skills. For weaknesses, we have humble and shy, take things too personally, repress their feelings, overload themselves, reluctant to change, and too altruistic. I feel like Narcissa would be like a prime candidate for people who like repress their feelings. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is sad because I feel like a lot of, I feel like she represses her feelings like from her husband as well. Yeah, I don't think that there's anyone sad. she expresses her feelings to. Yeah. Which I think is why it's so hard for us to, like, know her and unlock her. Because, like, we see more of her than we do of, like, uh, some characters that we, like, understand a lot more about. But Narcissa yeah. is just so hard to, like, it's so hard to understand her motivations and her, the way she's feeling about things and, like... I think it's just because she's, like, pretty stone cold. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, she's, uh, she's an interesting lady. Yeah, she is. All right, so we'll talk a little bit about their roles as Death Eaters. I'm going to talk about Lucius first. So, while Lucius was at school, Voldemort was really starting to, like, rise to power. The, like, first Wizarding War was, like, really starting to pick up. Um, especially in, like, Slytherin House, where he was, there was, like, a rise of kids, like, wanting to join Voldemort, um, and wanting to, like, be a follower and to leave, and a lot of them, like, left Hogwarts with the plan of becoming Death Eaters. And Lucius was one of those students, like, I think it's mentioned in, uh, like, the Snape's memories at the end, like, where Snape is, like, showing Harry his memories at the end of Deathly Hallows. Like, Lily refers to them as, like, the band of Death Eaters or something like that. And then, like, mm-hmm. Snape is like, we're not Death Eaters. And Lily's like, yeah, not yet. Like, what do you think they're going to do as soon as they leave Hogwarts? Mm-hmm. Like, something along those lines. Um, and Lucius was, like, a part of that group. Um, like we mentioned earlier, he was at Hogwarts at the same time as Snape and the Marauders, but he was older than them. Um, and then after leaving Hogwarts, Lucius joined up with the Death Eaters, started dating Narcissa Black, got married, 
um, and became like a full-fledged Death Eater. Um, while he was a Death Eater, he used his influence and connections within the ministry to help the Death Eaters like gain information and evade capture. Um, and so by doing this, he like rose up the ranks pretty quickly of the Death Eaters and he like became one of Voldemort's most trusted Death Eaters, which we know because Voldemort gave him a Horcrux to protect. Mm-hmm. Voldemort gave Lucius the diary um and not too long after that Voldemort disappeared I don't know if it's ever like flat out said maybe it's just implied or maybe that's just the impression I got I feel like he kind of gave it gave Lucius the diary like in preparation for like him going to try and kill the Potters kind of as like a like a safeguard kind of thing like, like you take this you think he he knew something might happen I mean, I think that it was a distinct possibility. I know, like, we're, like, I just, like, don't understand what other reason. Yeah. No, I don't really either, but also we always talk about Voldemort's arrogance, and, like, I don't yeah. think he thought that, like, a, a baby could take him down, you know? Yeah. But. I don't know. I think that, like, he did reach a point where maybe, like, not the idea of like going to the potters but the idea of the prophecy and of yeah. like, the fact that there might be someone out there i think he yeah. didn't I, I think he didn't think there was a distinct possibility that like he would quote unquote die that night but i think he did like when the prophecy came to be i think he realized like there are going to be more serious threats to his power yeah, challenge, yeah. and so i think that's probably when he started like dispersing his horcruxes yeah i yeah that makes sense that makes sense um, but yeah, not too long afterwards, Voldemort disappeared the night he went to try and kill the Potters, and Lucius never went looking for Voldemort afterwards. Um, I think it's alluded to, slash maybe even, like, outright said that at the end of the day, like, Lucius was afraid of Voldemort and, like, the power that he held over Lucius. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Lucius was worried about the power, like, Voldemort had over, like, the wizarding world. It was, mm-hmm. like... Lucius didn't like that he had to be afraid for like his life and his family's life mm-hmm. by being so close for to Voldemort. Um, Lucius liked what Voldemort was doing, and he liked being like a trusted servant and a trusted follower of Voldemort. But he didn't like the idea that like Voldemort was an actual threat to his family, um, and. So during Voldemort's second rise to power, Lucius suffered like his fall from grace. He had lost Voldemort's diary like very foolishly. Um, he failed to like come and find him or really ever look for him. He failed to capture Harry or the memory at the Battle of the Department of Mysteries and was captured and taken to Azkaban. Um, and so then after that, like he was really punished and he was mostly punished through Draco. Um, where, like, Voldemort made Draco join the Death Eaters, put him in charge of killing Dumbledore, Mm -hmm. um, like, took up residence basically in Malfoy Manor, made that a home base, just, like, making the Malfoys kind of, like, as uncomfortable as possible and, like, to feel as threatened as possible. Yeah. Yeah, Voldemort really, um, he kind of put Lucius through it for his failures. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. It's Voldemort and, like, he's ruthless, but, um, I think it's interesting how he, I think it says a lot about Voldemort, about how he, like, didn't, didn't just, like, 
fully take Lucius back in. I think Voldemort is very distrustful. Um, so he yeah. wasn't gonna, like, give Lucius the power to, like, fuck up more. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Narcissa as a Death Eater. Um, can't really remember when I talked about this before. If it I was, feel like it was semi-recently. Was it on a patron episode? I don't... I don't remember, but I feel like it was semi-recently. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so technically Narcissa is not a Death Eater. She does not have the Dark Mark. But she was extremely complicit. Um, that's, you know, very obvious. She, uh, in my eyes, she's basically a real Death Eater. I don't really care that she doesn't have the Dark Mark. Um, she has, she's always there. She's the only, I feel like, gathering of the Death Eaters that we don't see her there is the first one um, uh, in Goblet of Fire. And uh, we don't really know if that's just, like, the inner circle of Death Eaters, too. Um, my biggest thing is, like, she is seated at the table at Malfoy Manor, and I get that she is, um, like, obviously she lives there, like, she's going to be there, but I think if she wasn't a Death Eater, she wouldn't be involved in those conversations. And, like, she is seated at the table, um, I think right in between Lucius and Draco, or right next to them. And, like, yes, it's a big table, but, like, that to me is, like, those are the Death Eaters who are, like, in the know. And she doesn't, like, partake in the battles. Like, she's not there at the Battle of the Department of Mystery. She's not there at the Battle of... As far as we know, she's not there at the Seven Potters. Um, but I think that, like, her presence at these, like, meetings is maybe more telling than anything else. Um, and then at the Battle of Hogwarts, she is in the forest, like, close to Voldemort when he is killing Harry, um, when that whole scene happens. I don't know the exact logistics of, like, what happened, but, like, when Voldemort, like, calls off his Death Eaters, I don't, like, they all retreat, but I don't think they all, I don't know, do they all return to that forest? Like, the, to the clearing in the forest? Like, I Probably think a not. lot of them are there, but, like, I don't think they're all just, like, standing around watching. Like, yeah. she's literally, like, right there next to Bellatrix and like Bellatrix is like the closest a Death Eater is to Voldemort and so yeah, I think like she is the fact that she <laughs> the fact that Narcissa is like the one that runs forward to check if he's dead like Voldemort obviously trusts her a little bit to like go do that job um yeah. I don't know I just I think that like even if she didn't like go through the full initiation um, to become, like, a Death Eater, which we know that there are some bad things that probably happen that you have to go through, um, to get the Dark Mark. Um, so even if she's not fully initiated or fully there willingly, I believe she counts as a Death Eater, especially because she's not doing anything to subvert Voldemort until the very end. We point to her two main things of what she does to quote-unquote subvert Voldemort, um, one of them going to Snape was not, I don't see as really subverting him in a meaningful way because like 
She wasn't, like, going to Dumbledore and being like, yo, Draco's supposed to kill you. She was going to Snape and just being like, help him get the job done. It was out of allegiance to Draco, yes, but that didn't mean it was an anti-Voldemort act. Um, She still wanted... She didn't... She was neutral on whether or not it happened, I think, like, in the broader scheme of things, but she wanted um, Dumbledore to die because... Um, it was in Draco's best interest. As far as her final act, we talk a lot about redemption arcs in this story, and Katie and I are often on the side of, like, uh, small actions at the end of the story, um, do not, like, totally change what was done throughout. And I think while Narcissa's choice to lie to Voldemort and say that Harry was dead is a big, obviously, plot-defining, war-defining choice. I think that it doesn't erase what she has done in the past. And so I think you could say that, like, she is a Death Eater, but she is... But she is not a Death Eater whose number one goal is the service of Lord Voldemort. She does have other things and other people who she has a higher allegiance to, which, like, for example, Bellatrix does not have that. Um, Bellatrix serves Voldemort and, like, only Voldemort, but I think you can't, you can't fully make an argument that Narcissa does not serve Voldemort. Um, I think... As far as I mentioned, like, even if she's not there willingly, she is, or fully willingly, she's still a Death Eater. I think we have to believe that she had some agency in, uh, like, <laughs> marrying, <laughs> marrying a n- number one Death Eater at the time. Um, so I think that, like, whether or not her relationship with Lucius is abusive or, um unhealthy and controlling in any way I think that doesn't change her status as a death eater because um she did like marry and like she already knew Lucius was a death eater when they got married um yeah it's not like he became this monster like yeah basically I think we have to assume she had some agency in like choosing to marry him um yeah and I think that she does love him to an extent that doesn't mean it's not an abusive or um, unhealthy relationship I think we have no real way to comment on that we don't know enough um yeah but my guess is that I feel like she's not a her death eater status yeah I would agree I think that we could say that maybe their marriage was like a cold marriage (laughs) maybe not like super loving but that like doesn't always mean that it's like abusive you know Like, sometimes that's just, like, how people choose to live their lives, you know? Yeah. Not super, like, warm and lovey-dovey. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that... I think my point is, I, I don't think we can make an analysis on the marriage, but I don't think that Narcissa was, like, being held hostage or, you know, like, I don't... Yeah. I don't think she lacked any agency at all. Like, I think... Yeah. yeah. She didn't fully control her own life, but I think that she still had a, a good bit of agency that she could have acted on. 
Yeah, I also feel like it's very important to point out that, like, a lot of their hesitancy came when, like, Draco was born. Like, it's kind of even mentioned that, like, because Draco was born, obviously, like, fairly close to the fall of Voldemort because, Mm -hmm. like, he was around Harry's age, that, like, a lot of the hesitancy for, like, Lucius being more afraid of Voldemort came with, like, the birth of his son. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, I don't think that them, like... I feel like this kind of gets into their parenting quite a bit and this might be like a nice segue but a lot of their like redemption art comes from like well like look how much they loved their son like they didn't want like Voldemort to kill their son doesn't that make them like great people mm-hmm. like I just like vehemently disagree with that like I think it's sad that they had to kind of like have a son that they loved and cared about to try like to even consider leaving Voldemort but Mm -hmm. that also didn't change any of the views that they held like they still thought that like Voldemort was basically doing like good work they just didn't want kind of like how Sirius talks about like his mother like she was never a death eater but like she was in full support of like Voldemort's campaign and their cause I feel like that's kind of where like Lucius and Narcissa evolved to when they like had a family like when they had a child you know Mm -hmm is to more of like well we just want to kind of like cheer from the sidelines we don't want to be in the trenches anymore yeah no i think i think you make a good point anyway um parenting (laughs) um i feel like we've semi been talking about this the whole time because that is like what we know most about especially Mm -hmm. narcissa but kind of also lucius I'm like, we always talk about Lucius, or not always, but most of the time we talk about Lucius, like, in relation to Draco and, like, them yeah. together. Yeah, so let's let's start with Lucius. Um, I think he was definitely very hard on Draco and expected a lot out of him. Um, we knew, we know about how, like, he, he knew that Hermione was better than him at school. He seemed to care a lot about Harry being Draco in Quidditch. Um... Based on what we know about Lucius, this was probably toxic. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, I, I like, want my son to do well. It was like, yeah. no, my son must be the best. Um, yeah. And I expect that Draco felt a lot of pressure to be his best. Um, because he probably felt that, like, Lucius's love was conditional. Uh, the famous quote we think about when we think of Lucius as a father is we hear Draco saying, my father will hear about this. Um, and so I think that from this quote, we can kind of... Uh, see that Draco clearly idolized Lucius and Lucius was always spoiling him. Um, I guess that maybe this was Lucius's way of showing love. Like, Draco, Draco calling on Lucius to, like, support him and, like, Lucius, like, doing anything he could to, like, you know, get Buckbeak killed and, and all of these things. Like, that was his way of showing love to Draco? I don't know. Um, but it also could, that's like a, that's like a positive way to view it. I also think it could be that he was just determined to not to like be embarrassed by his son or by how people treated his kids. So like, um, a slight against Draco was a slight against the entire Malfoy family and the entire Malfoy name. And Lucius would not let that go unpunished. Um. I don't know that it's entirely, like, out of love of, like, well, this person hurt my son, so I want them to pay. It was like, oh, well, this person is, like, attacking my family's reputation, so I want them to pay. 
Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier and kind of, like, the legacy of the Malfoy family. I feel like he only cared and, like, loved Draco for, like, him continuing on in the Malfoy legacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of, like, conditional on him, mm-hmm. like, doing that. Um, and, like, sadly, I think that's kind of, like, fairly common or at least, like, was common with these, like, rich, powerful white families. Mm-hmm. You know, like... And not saying it is just in rich, powerful white families, but kind of just, like, the pressure of, like, the legacy. And you're kind of, like, your lo- the love of your parents is, like, conditional on how successful you are. And, like, the reputation being continued of the family name and, like, that kind of thing. Like, in, like, aristocracy times, you know, like, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then I think shifting and talking about Narcissa... Um, I do feel, obviously, that there was a lot of love between them. I feel like Narcissa and Draco were kind of each other's saving grace. I think if you buy both of their redemption arcs, or, like, not even fully redemption arcs, but just, like, not being as terrible as they may seem, you have to see Draco as the re- reason... If you if you believe that Narcissa is inherently good, or at least, like, not terrible, you see you have to see Draco as the reason that Narcissa stayed and you have to see Narcissa as the reason that Draco turned out semi-okay like I don't think you can credit any other person in those like quote-unquote character developments um like I was talking about earlier I don't really know how much I buy those character developments but I think that like if they are real and if they are like if those two people aren't as terrible as they could have been I think it's due to each other um and like I was talking about earlier like Narcissa loved Draco and that is like the number one thing we know about her there's no question about that um we can still argue that she maybe failed him as a parent um but she loved him and like that is the number one thing that like that's like the first thing you have to do as a parent is like love your child and show up and like she was there and she loved him and like she does get points for that um even if like things would have been better if she had like better for Draco if she had removed him from the situation or um taken actions of her own to like protect him um Yeah. yeah I think that there maybe is this argument in this point of view that both of them were stuck in an abusive situation with Lucius. Um, Abusive on what level? Toxic on what level? I don't know. But I think that is a very real possibility. But I just don't think we... Like, there's not enough for us to read into there to really determine anything. I also think that, like, at the end of the day like Voldemort was like a very big part of like their relationship as a family like especially throughout the series Mm -hmm. and I feel like you could even make a better argument that like they were stuck in abusive relationship like with Voldemort Mm. and like obviously like Lucius's like complacency like with his relationship with Voldemort is kind of what caused all of it um but I do feel like a lot of that, because, like, a lot of Lucius's, maybe not so much, like, his behavior towards, like, Draco and, like, what he expects of him, like, that's, like, on him. But, like, a lot of it is his fear of Voldemort and, like, the way that Voldemort infiltrates their family that causes a lot of that, like, f- 
fear and problems, especially that we see in like six and seven. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Narcissus is such a interesting character because like I, yeah, she, she loved Draco, but I don't think that like she deserves a redemption arc because she loved her son. Like, no. Okay, like great. I, yeah. Like, I, like, <laughs> like I can she, she love everybody else in the wizard room world and, like, not want to, like, murder races of people? Like, that'd be great as well. <laughs> right. Like, at the end of the day, she still chose a side. And, like, yeah. loving her son is is a low bar. Like, you know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like bad people love their children like all the time (laughs) you know like it doesn't make you a good person to love your child yeah no and like even even the point of like her like risking her life like for Voldemort and like lying about Harry being dead so she could go get her son like that was always kind of convoluted to me anyways yeah like I don't really understand what she got in return no for lying about it um but like her, yeah. But she wasn't. Here's the point: is she wasn't lying for Harry's sake. She was lying yeah. for Draco's sake. Yeah, but like I still don't really. I don't understand. understand. That yeah, either. I don't Because like she asked Harry, like, "Is Draco alive? Is he in the castle?" And Harry says, "Yes." She could have been like, "All right, bet Harry's still alive." Like kill him again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like know. I, I don't, I don't really understand the motivation and what was going on there but anyways <laughs> yeah I don't know I feel like she's just an interesting character that we don't know that much about but what we do know about her is very like discussion worthy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but yeah so I think that kind of wraps up most of what we have for the episode. I'll talk a little bit about them and like where they are now in the where are they now section. So like Lucius and Narcissa, like I mentioned earlier, didn't really love a story of Greengrass, Draco's eventual wife, because like she was much more um, liberal in her views about blood purity. Um, even though I do believe she was pure blood herself. So, like, the act of Draco marrying her wasn't, like, like, they're, like, oh, she's a pureblood, so that's good. But, like, she didn't hold the same views as them, which was, like, bad to them, I guess. Um, And, like I mentioned earlier, they kind of, like, talked to them and, like, semi-pressured them into having grandchildren. Because, like I talked about earlier, Astoria wasn't thrilled about that idea. Um, And I... Are they alive in the time of Cursed Child? Okay. I was confused about this too for some reason. I thought Narcissa was dead. But I think I just conflated that with Astoria being dead. I like Because Draco talks about them. But I wonder if he talks about them in the past sense or the present tense. Lucius is in part of Cursed Child. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because he's the one who like has the time turner. No, I think they're still alive. Um, Because I also just checked... Narcissa's wiki and like it doesn't have a death. Yeah, I was gonna say it did they don't talk about their yeah. death. So I think they're still alive. I think Narcissa's just not in it. Um at least to my knowledge, but it's been a minute. Um yeah. and I think I just like made up the fact that Narcissa was dead at this point. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think it's implied that, again, I haven't read Kirschheld in a hot minute, and I generally don't remember that much from Kirschheld even after I do finish reading it. Um, but I feel like Scorpius doesn't have the best relationship with his grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Draco doesn't have the best relationship with his father, so I don't think Scorpius has the best relationship with his parents. His grandparents. Um, the last thing I want to say about the Where Are They Now section is Lucius still has all of the, like, dark artifacts in his house. Um, and that's kind of always pointed to as, like, one of the things that their, like, redemption wasn't really that complete. Like, Lucius still kept all of the, like, dark knickknacks in his house Mm. and did not get rid of them. Of course he did. All right. So, as far as cocktails, Narcissa apparently... Is not important enough to demand a cocktail from Archie Thomas. Um, That's sad. So, but Lucius does have one, and it is called the Death Eater. Um, <laughs> it says, do you enjoy terrorizing muggles? Are you evil to your very core? And do you treat others with utter contempt? If so, then this is surely the drink for you. All hail the Dark Lord. Three parts whiskey, half part sugar syrup, large dash of grenadine, one part lime juice, orange peel, and ice. Is that kind of like an old-fashioned? Yes. Doesn't old-fashioned have like orange and whiskey? I believe it is just an old-fashioned. Oh, okay. I think. <laughs> I think. Because like, I feel like people also put cherry in old-fashioned Yeah, I think too. there's cherry. Yeah, so maybe it's slightly different. Let's yeah. See. So I feel like people put, like, maraschino cherries in old-fashioned sometimes. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. Old-fashioned sugar with bitters and water, adding whiskey or less commonly brandy, and garnishing with orange slice or zest and a cherry cocktail cherry. Okay, old-fashioned, I think, don't have grenadine. Or grenadine, I guess, is the bitter. Well, isn't grenadine, like, is grenadine cherry or is it cranberry? Grenadine is neither. I thought it was like the red liquid. Yeah. But I don't think it's like... It's pomegranate. Oh, it's made from pomegranate. Interesting. Um, but I don't think... Old I was going to say, I thought like that's what was used in Shirley Temple's. Yeah, I don't think old-fashioned have grenadine. It seems like it's just like a, a spin on an old-fashioned. Yeah. Because yeah. it also has, that also had lime juice in it, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it did. Interesting. I probably would not like that drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a death eater, so hopefully yeah. you don't like it. All right, so now we have our first ever guest for a pop quiz question. Um, Everybody, please welcome Morgan, our highest level patron. Yeah, outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, that's what it's called. Welcome, Morgan. (laughs) Happy to have you here. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) We're excited, too. This is like the first time we've really had like a guest on we've had like normal yeah we've had like other podcast hosts yeah but 
but that wasn't like a normal episode though that was like a special app with yeah but we also had that's not how science works oh true true here's johnny yeah that was a while it's been a while yeah it's been a while we're We're just used to talking to each other (laughs) (laughs) well welcome morgan thank you for joining us thank you you for supporting us every month which is like a weird thing i don't know why you do that but (laughs) (laughs) you guys are awesome it's it's amazing (laughs) oh thank you and if just to plug our patreon really quick Mm. if you want to come on the podcast and be as cool as morgan is check out our patreon and like we said it's the outstanding level one of the perks is hopping on for a pop quiz segment every once in a while yeah okay so morgan Please introduce yourself to the <laughs> listeners. Um, first off, let's start with what your Hogwarts house is, because I hear that it might be the best Hogwarts house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I would I would have to agree. I claim house Ravenclaw. <laughs> love um, it, love it. It's definitely the best, you know, Flitwick, smartest people. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just great. And, you know, we have Luna and it's a good time. Do you feel like it fits you? Like, have you always been a Ravenclaw? Yeah. Have you grown into being a Ravenclaw? Okay. <laughs> okay. I got to answer this honestly. It's kind of a long story, though, guys. Okay. okay. So I did not actually get into Harry Potter till like I was like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. So I got sorted kind of late. And the first sorting hat test I took, I actually got Hufflepuff. <laughs> Boo. Um, so I. I was, I was down with that for a while. And then, um, when I started my classes in college, I took it again. Cause I made some more like Harry Potter friends <laughs> and I got resorted into Gryffindor. And I was like, oh, oh dang. Okay. I still, I still didn't feel like, I don't know. It was the house for me. So I tried it a couple more times and then I got Ravenclaw the last two times. So okay. I definitely feel the most house pride in Ravenclaw. So that's what I'm sticking with. Sweet. Good. I'm just glad you didn't say a hybrid house. <laughs> I've been like seeing that on Facebook groups lately when people like are like, what house are you? And they say like a hybrid house. Yeah. I, I like really saying like, I'm a Ravenclaw. And then if you ask my hybrid house, I'll be like, yeah, what am I? A Ravendor? A Ravendor. That's bad. <laughs> I mean, I think a hybrid is better. But. I would have to say Ravendor as well if I had to pick one, but I took one of those weird like BuzzFeed quizzes mm-hmm. where they have every question from the Sorting Hat quiz, and thankfully that one also put me in Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. and then my two secondaries, my Gryffindor and Hufflepuff were actually like tied. Oh, damn. So. Okay. so you're just not a Slytherin at all. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have a lot of Slytherin friends. Like, they don't knock them. My husband's actually Slytherin. It's, they're Okay. <laughs> Okay. I don't, I actually don't think I have any Slytherin friends. <laughs> One of my brothers is definitely a Slytherin. But. I'm also really bad at sorting people. I feel like I've talked about this before. Like it, people are like, when they find out I'm a really big Harry Potter fan, they're like, what house do you think I am? I'm like, I don't know. I'm really bad at that. Didn't I guess correctly for you? Hufflepuff. I, think so. I feel like I'm very, I have a lot of Hufflepuff friends. I feel like I'm very much a Hufflepuff though. Like people are always like people who like know about the houses are like, of course you're a Hufflepuff. Mm. Yeah. You know? I feel bad. I usually can't decide with people between Hufflepuff and Gryffindor. Yeah. I just feel like there's so many qualities that kind of yeah. overlap. Yeah. You have to know I mean, like their like, intention. You're one of those like mm. you yes. know them on a deeper level. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think my favorite quiz, I like now I only recommend people to do like the full, all of the questions percentages quiz. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think yes, that like tells you the most. And then it's like for sure your house. Cause it has all of the questions. Cause I think that if you like get the right questions, you could get your second house mm-hmm. on actually the like real quiz. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Sorry, that was a long time. <laughs> long time. <laughs> I feel like we haven't <laughs> talked about houses in so long. I know. Um, what was our second? Oh, and also what is your favorite book in the series? (laughs) Well, I honestly think this one's Katie's unless it's her favorite movie, but I'd have to say Goblet of Fire just because I love the Triwizard Tournament (laughs) so much. You're really kissing up to the two of us. (laughs) Yeah, your favorite (laughs) and your favorite book's Goblet. I love goblin that's why i love your podcast <laughs> <laughs> we just agree on so many things yeah yeah no goblet is like by far my favorite one i don't like it's not even close i think like maybe the first time i did the read through i was really partial to half blood because i do really like all of the downtime the and like book. hogwarts <laughs> we see but like ever since i've like really gotten to like rereading them and like became like a stan of harry potter <laughs> goblet has been like my true number one <laughs> okay. in my heart. <laughs> Happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now that we've grilled you with a couple <laughs> other questions, um, we can finally get to the pop quiz. The pop my quiz. voice is cracked. <laughs> so for today's <laughs> pop quiz question, it's actually from a listener. Caden sent it to us in an email, I believe. Yes. Um, and the question is, would you rather go to Hogwarts during the Marauders era or during the Golden Trio era? So we're not going to say listener answers right now, but what we're going to do is we're going to post a poll on our Facebook group. So if you want your, your voice heard, sorry, that was like really difficult for me to say, um, go answer the uh, poll on Facebook, on the Facebook group. Yes. Are you going to ask? Oh, you asked the question. Yeah. Okay. Morgan gets to go first. Yeah, you can go first, Morgan, because you seem to have done the most work. So, (laughs) okay. Um, I have a little bit of a list. So my pros and cons for the Marauders generation. Pros, I think it would be cool to have Slughorn as a potions teacher. Mm. I think it would be really interesting to have Kettleburn as the teacher for a care Mm. of magical creatures. And one big pro for me is probably that there wasn't a battle of Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah. That seems real scary in my opinion. (laughs) That's a good thing to consider. Yeah, definitely. Uh, My con was that there wasn't a Triwizard tournament, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, one of my most favorite parts of the series. Because I just think the Yule Ball is really cool. And just like. I mean, I know you don't actually get to see a lot of the action, but the concept is, yeah. is pretty neat. Um, and then my pros and cons for Harry's generation. I think going to school at the same time in Fred and George would, uh, would be interesting. Of course, they have the Triwizard Tournament. Being at school with Luna and Cedric would be a good time, I think, as well. <laughs> Um, I heard you guys aren't a huge fan of Professor Trelawney, but I personally think she would be an interesting teacher. Yeah. Uh, plus, it's uh, during their fifth year when Ferenz gets to teach yes. divination. Yeah. I think that I think that would be super cool. Uh, my cons would be having Snape as a potions. Big uh, con. Professor. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> big con. Yeah. Even if I was good at potions, I feel like it would still 
not be a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Battle of Hogwarts again is my it's my con <laughs> for that one. Having to go to school with a basilisk for a couple of years to be yeah, second year pretty scary. I mean, I guess yeah, technically he's there the whole time. He's just not really really yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to know because well, technically. <laughs> Right. And technically, I don't know if I would be like a muggle-born or a half-blood, but yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I'd have, yeah. I'd have, like, That'd be rough. That'd be rough. <laughs> and I wouldn't even know. So it's not like I could carry the mirror around with me like Hermione. <laughs> anyway, um, having Umbridge fifth year would be Ooh. hard pass. <laughs> and Lockhart would also be a oh, hard no. pass. Sorry, Katie. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I didn't even consider and taking also, those into like consideration when I made yeah, this no decision. Yeah, no, me either. All right, all right, you're changing how I'm thinking about this. Okay, okay, continue. Sorry. And then my last con would be like the last two years, two-ish years, when the school is being run by Death Eaters. That just seems very stressful. Yeah. So yeah, should. <laughs> okay, so what's so your if we're going. If we're going by the pros and cons list, it seems like I would have to pick the marauders but i don't know like the triwizard tournament is really mm. holding out for me so i think i'd have to pick the golden trio yeah okay maybe gryffindor is your second house <laughs> I, mean, they, I, I wouldn't be upset about that <laughs> that was a very comprehensive answer yeah. and it really made me think that this is a much more difficult question than I thought it was oh really (laughs) well okay so (sighs) okay (laughs) I didn't think about teachers teachers are like that's a big deal and teachers definitely marauders come down like they have the better generation yeah like they still have McGonagall yeah and they still have Flitwick Yeah. yeah And Hagrid's yes. still there. He's just not a teacher. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's, I took that into consideration. But yeah. like, but Snape is still there. You still have to yeah. deal with Snape. He's Snape's just not your teacher. Right. But, but would it be better to have like Snape as a student? I feel like, if, yeah. and like I could avoid him. Yeah. Easily. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. If you're not in, yeah. I feel like you could very easily avoid kids yeah. in other houses. Okay. But then my drawback for the Marauders was going to be like, I don't think I would like the Marauders as classmates. Yeah. Like, I would be annoyed by them. I think I would be friends with Lily. (laughs) So then you'd really have to interact with the Marauders. I guess only seventh year. I wouldn't like any, like, I would just, they seem so douchey. Yeah, they really do. Yes. And, like, I (laughs) would like the Golden Trio better as classmates. Mm. But also, like, if you go to school with the golden trio like it's like too much adventure and too much danger yeah and also like like i get that the war is going on in both play like both time periods but like it infiltrates hogwarts more yes so the triwizard tournament is a good point but i'm gonna go no i'm gonna go i'm i'm valuing valuing my education i'm gonna go and choose marauders yeah marauders era (laughs) all right all right can i modify this no (laughs) and can i go to hogwarts at the same time as bill weasley no yeah you can't change it because that's like almost harry's era could i could i just be could i do harry's era but just like be like three years older than harry you know 
Like, I feel like that's almost more ideal. I know, but I feel like you're changing the question. <laughs> you're cheating. Could I be Charlie's age? Because he's like the perfect, because he's, he like leaves. But Charlie right never before. overlapped with Harry. So it's yeah. not Harry's era. Who's, who is, do we know any seven You want to be Cedric's age. Mm, no, because I don't want to be there. Chamber of Secrets here. That sounds oh. awful. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets here, I feel like would be the You want to be year. Oliver Woods. Yeah, no, he was there. Yeah, no, who's no, a no, seventh he year when Harry's a first year? Do we know anybody who's, who was a seventh year then? No, because Wood was like a fifth year. Yeah, because he, was he, his seventh year was yeah. Azkaban. Yeah. Um, okay, so if we're, if I'm following <laughs> the rules, I do think that I don't know. I feel like I'm so much more connected to the characters of Harry's generation, which is what makes this harder. Cause I'd yeah. rather go, like you were bringing up like Cedric, Luna, the Weasley twins. Like I'd rather go to school oh, with them. Yeah. I'd rather go to school with them than go to school with the like, people in the Marauders era. Yeah. But the Marauders era, like Hogwarts sounds better. Mm-hmm. I don't, this is hard. I feel like just to give a different answer, I'm going to say Harry's. But that's what Morgan said. Oh, I, th- oh, I thought you were trying to push you over the edge. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dang, you're not giving me an out here. Yeah, Katie just likes to choose the different answer. <laughs> I I don't know. This is so hard. I'm going to stick with my Bill Weasley era answer. <laughs> okay, we're counting that as Golden Trio. Okay, but I mean, it's closer to the Golden Trio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. I guess we're not going to school together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, who else? So, Marauders era, we know the Marauders. We know Lily. We know Snape. Who else was there then? Like, the other Death Eaters. Yeah. yeah. I guess Lucius was overlapped a little bit, but he was older than them. The Weasleys were way older. Yeah, the Weasleys weren't there then. Yeah. Can I go at the same the same time as Arthur and Molly? Is kind of <laughs> what era is that? Wait, who else? Is like, the Scarlet 50s? era. Can we name it the Scarlet era for Molly and Arthur? Because the they hair. have red hair. Yeah, it's a new thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know. know. This who is else a really is hard question. There, like, I oh, really Lockhart like... was probably there one though. Oh shit! I would no. have to share a house with Lockhart. Mm, that's real tough <laughs> I don't think he's telling me that neither is a good option <laughs> yeah is it the 20s or the 30s when they do the fountain of fair fortune oh, I think yeah. that would be fun to see yeah. but then I think you'd be there around the same time as Voldemort so. yeah but also Dumbledore would be hot yeah, that's when he was Yumbledore. <laughs> be like the hot teacher. <laughs> the Yumbledore era. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that how I really liked you going through the pros and cons, because I think it really shows how well developed like the universe is. You know, mm-hmm. that there are like pros and cons of kind of each of those two eras that we really hear about. You know, like we know good things and bad things from both. Cause I feel like it'd be really easy to make the Marauders era. And I think like maybe that was the intention of the writing to make it like the like you want to be there in the Marauders. Like the Marauders mm. are the cool cats. But fans have been like, no, nah, maybe not. <laughs> like maybe they were bullies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, my list was a little shorter for theirs just because like yeah, we don't, don't know, know as much, but 
Yeah, because oh. I like I guess I don't know the war. When did the war start? Because it started. It was already going on when they were there. Yeah, but did it start in their like was it going on in their first year? I don't know. Like, I think so. Yeah, I think, I think it, it went on, on for, for a while. while. Yeah. Jinx. Because he started murdering people like in the 40s. Yeah. So like, I don't know if we power. count that as being the start, but I mean, he killed Hepzibah in like the 50s. Yeah. Because he. So I'd say things really went downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> it was just all a bad time. And I don't want to go during the cursed child era. No. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, McGonagall would be a pretty good head. Yeah, that's true. But she would already, she would have been, she was like head of house for so long that I guess if you were in Gryffindor. No, I mean like head mistress. I know, I know. Hmm. But she was like, she, she was, was already there, there yeah. as an authority. Hmm. So I guess, yeah, I'll just go with my final answer being the Golden Trio era. Okay. But see, I also feel like it's, it's kind of a running joke that almost every year Dumbledore just like, oh, Gryffindor, <laughs> yeah. you guys win. And so that would kind of get frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> feel like during Harry's year yeah that would make me so angry if I was there actually (laughs) like I would get so angry yeah but we don't even know like when the last time Hufflepuff has never won the house cup do we know that no (laughs) that's just me saying that I wouldn't probably I wouldn't be shocked they probably always come in third Ravenclaw probably wins when it's like a really boring year because it's just like based on like Correct uh, like, answers in yeah. class. Yeah, being smart. Yeah. No, I feel like Hufflepuff I feel like when Tonks <laughs> when Tonks was there, she probably lost Hufflepuff a lot of points. Ooh, if you yeah. went with Bill Weasley, you would also oh, go with, be Tonks. There with Tonks. Yeah, with Tonks. Tonks. Yeah. The best. Okay, that is the best answer, but it's it wasn't either. It might be. There's still Weasley children there. Like I think I want to go when there's Weasley children. I and it would actually would be, be fun to be there when like Fred and George showed up yeah be like whoa these then first years are wild bill and charlie <laughs> and tonks yeah okay that's the best answer yeah that's i've changed my answer my final answer is the bill weasley era <laughs> all right as always thank you so much for listening and remember just do your best we'll do the rest and learn until our brains all wrapped. Right.